Hello, and welcome to another episode of Focus on Outcomes. Paul, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeff? I'm great, thanks. We are excited to be joined by another great guest today as we talk with business leaders from across multiple industries uh, in the upper Midwest to talk about how they're using technology as a strategic weapon to differentiate themselves in the market, how they use their success to benefit uh, the communities that they live and work. Uh, and, and really that outcome uh, is the key thing that we're looking uh, to talk about. So we're excited today to be joined by Andrew Johnson, the Director of Information Technology uh, from Frank Beverage Group. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeff and Paul. Hello. Hello. Wonderful. Hello. Uh, if you if you could maybe just talk, uh, start a little bit about currently the role that you're in, uh, the organization that you're with, uh, and uh, what your day looks like. Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Andrew Johnson. I work for a Frank Beverage Group, which is a group of companies headquartered in uh, Middleton, Wisconsin. We're a alcohol distributor, and we are the middleman in the industry. We have Frank Liquor. And Frank Beer in Middleton, Wisconsin. We have Lacrosse Beverage and Frank Liquors of Lacrosse up in Lacrosse in the Onalaska area, and Beer Capital out of Milwaukee. A couple of uh, other locations uh, that we use as cross stocks, and we're the middleman in the beverage industry. So we have liquor, wine, and beer, and we don't bottle it, we don't brew it, but we warehouse it, sell it, deliver it to bars, restaurants, liquor stores, so on and so forth. And as you said, I'm the director of IT there, kind of work in the middle for all the companies, uh, all those locations. And I've been there for 20 years. I was 20 years in April. So I've seen a lot of change with the company and with technology for that time frame. So I could go on and on, but that's a that's a brief high level. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Twenty years. That's a that's a long time. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, and it's probably a long time for technology person to stay at one company too. But you know, really, it's it's been a good place to be. We're a growing company, uh, not only in brands, uh, but in terms of territory and uh, acquisitions and stuff like that. So it's 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 not not a stale place and not a, a stale industry. It's it's a good company to work for. Yeah, and in 20 years and you're dealing with technology, as you guys know, that's that's constantly changing. So uh, yeah, it is a long time, but it's been a it's been a good 20 years there. So tell us kind of why IT and how did you end up at Frank? Sure. Um, well, how did I get into IT? I guess I, I have to thank my dad for that. My dad was a high school guidance counselor. And in in that time, mid to early 90s. Back when not everybody had a PC, not only in school, but at home, but as the guidance counselor at school, whether he's getting kids ready or doing his job, he had a, he had a computer at, at school, had one at home, an Apple 2GS, for those that uh, can go back that, back that far. He got me into computers and thought that as a guidance counselor, business and computers would be a good, good place to, to go into. So I was a uh, management information systems major at uh, Winona State with a, a minor in business administration. But I was at, uh, went into went into school for, for computers and business, MIS, like I said, was at college from 97 to 01. When I went to school, it was, hey, you're going to graduate, you're going to have five jobs, you know, you'll tell them what you want to make. And by the time I walked out of school, well, that that bubble had kind of burst. <clears throat> and <laughs> so you went from maybe uh, uh, begging for, for a gig. And, and I did some jobs in college and stuff like that. I, I had a, a, good, a good resume, had worked at uh, the local internet company doing support on dial-up internet, 
and installing cable modems at the time, all that stuff. Um, and I knew I wanted to be in the Madison area. I have some family down here. This is where I focus my job search. And Frank at the time didn't have a dedicated IT person. And that was kind of right at the time where sales reps be getting, you know, handheld computers, whether it's a compact iPack or some sort of device. And I think as they were growing and that happening, they saw the need to get somebody that was dedicated to that. So it worked out for me swimmingly. Obviously, I'm, 20 years later, I'm still in it, and I hope it's been uh, beneficial for them too. But so I came in and uh, and helped. Uh, I've seen a lot of growth in in all the IT areas of Frank Beverage Group. So that's how I guess I got started at Frank. And uh, those salespeople uh, not not using compacts anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. No, they, oh. you've you've moved that technology forward right. uh, a little right. bit. So I think that's you know one of the most interesting things about what you all have done from a technology perspective, right? Is just how much technology is involved in in the day to day for for your sales team, and then obviously that you know I think the automated line that you guys put in a few years ago is also just kind of interesting from a technology perspective. So what what role has automation played, and or mobile devices and tablets in the field for? improving your business. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, in it's grown immensely. When I started, uh, and we won't play historian the whole time here, but you know, 20 years ago, the sales reps didn't have anything. Delivery didn't have anything. Warehouse didn't have anything technology-wise, that is. And now everybody's got something. At a minimum, regardless of your role, you get a company email address and which ties to, um, as you guys know, everything under office 365, but and all those communication tools, but uh, yeah, sales reps have seen the gamut of, of technology in their hands. Delivery was all on paper. Our delivery staff has an iPad and a printer in their hands nowadays. And uh, yeah, warehouse was picking off uh, green bar uh, paper. That's probably the the biggest change. Obviously, it's a big change when you go from nothing in their hands, technology-wise, to something in their hands. I mean, that's a big jump. But to see what the warehouse is doing, you know, everybody, uh, we're voice picking. Everyone looks like they're working at the McDonald's drive-through. They got a headset on and a scanner on their wrist. They're told what to pick, and they got to confirm its accuracy. And we've got conveyor systems and shrink wrappers and all that stuff that weighs the pallets after we pick it for accuracy. As you said, it's it's very automated out in our warehouse, and that serves a lot of purpose. Not only do you want to uh, pick it accurately because you don't want product going out and coming back because that's an expense on our end because we got to get that right. The customer ordered whatever they ordered, we want to deliver it right. We make that mistake, we got to fix it. And automation helps uh, with staffing. Getting staffing is can be a challenge, and automation alleviates that a little bit. But we're also, we're doing a lot of, as we grow, we can pick a lot more uh, product with more automation. Uh, unfortunately, we have had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people about how their business was impacted through COVID and how things had to pivot and change. And I think you guys had to do a fair amount of that as restaurants and bars were closed and no longer able to, to have patrons in right. uh, and grocery stores and other outlets, their volumes picked up significantly because of that. Right. Uh, you guys had to pivot in, in a number of different ways. Tell yeah. us a little bit about how, sure. how how you guys managed through all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were definitely impacted. Being the middleman, products that uh, that we sell go to 
restaurants and, and bars. And they weren't, uh, at least early on, had closed. People weren't going out to the bar or going to a restaurant. If they were, they was getting it to go. So um, there was a lot of pantry building. and But we also sell to the the woodmans, the pick and saves, the quick trips, you know, the stuff uh, we call it, you know, that's on or off premise. On premise is where you drink it there. The, the restaurant or the bar off premise is where you get it at the store and you bring it off the premise to drink it at home. And uh, thankfully, we live in a, a good drinking state where people were uh, <laughs> happy to, uh, you know, they didn't give up on that that enjoyment entirely just because the restaurant or their bar was closed. They they bought it at their local liquor store or uh, grocery store and brought it home. But it was challenging. You know, we have, uh, Frank, got to give them a lot of credit. We have staff that services that, sales reps and delivery people. Was everyone remained employed? Maybe people were doing a different role, but we we kept everybody employed during that, which is uh, really phenomenal. Credit to the to the family for doing that, because we knew or hoped that you know everything was going to bounce back, and we wanted those people back or with the company when those things picked back up again. But yeah, there then there were challenges with uh, supply chain. You know, everything from aluminum cans. Again, that's it's not us. That's not our problem, but it is our problem if. Miller and Coors and Corona can't bottle it or can it get it to us. That's a problem. Customers are still drinking it. And same thing, we had stuff stuck in uh, shipping containers out out on the ocean. Some of the the liquor brands that they're impacted too. So the company did good because of the on and off premise switch and it's it's swung back. But uh, definitely uh, various challenges with COVID for sure. Yeah. And I assume that impacted game day stuff too, right? I see your trucks at Badger games yeah. and sporting yes. events and yep. you're in a lot of the major sport venues as well, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, you, you, uh, you're you absolutely right. When people aren't going to Miller Park or now AmFam Field, that's, that, that's a loss. Or if they're not tailgating at Camp Randall or, or even, you know, some of it's just the, the, the beverage tents and stuff like that, or some of it's just there's less game day traffic. So there were impacts there, and we're happy to see that business bounce back, uh, obviously, as everybody is. I think they want to get out to a, a beer tent or they want to go to the game and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, th- those were impactful. Those those can be expensive. There's a lot of energy that goes into those events. A lot of people might not know that the distributor is is providing a lot of that, not only equipment, but some of the staff and and getting things to or from. So there's some savings with not having to do those, but we're obviously more, we'd rather the events went on and that's happening again now. Yeah. I was at a concert at AmFam field this weekend and oh, sure. business I think was probably good. Good. Based on yes. how long the lines were. Yes. How excited <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. Were. That's fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? And, and weather plays a role too. Uh, yeah. While uh, lately here in Wisconsin, our, our spring hasn't been fantastic, which can impact <laughs> sales of, of beer. But so yeah, it was a uh, nice weather and, uh, yeah, we're we're at we're at those events, Paul. Like you said, and I guess just to you know some of the brands that uh, you may see it uh, were Miller, Molson Coors, Miller Light, Coors Light. We've got Corona, New Glarus. I probably shouldn't start onto this because you know I'm gonna I'll upset some supplier that I won't list off. But uh, but that's us. So hopefully you had some of that or the White Claw or Truly, and uh, we have I can go on and on about the brands we got, but. Maybe you could extra, uh, explain a little bit the distribution model, uh, and is that a why it's in place, and what kinds of competition you have, and yeah. kind of what, how the 
how the whole business environment works. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's critical uh, to us. Like I said we're we're the middleman, we're a distributor. So Wisconsin has a three tier system. So legally, and you know that would be. I'd probably botch some of those details and it's, it's uh, maybe boring, but it's very critical. Um, you know, where, where Molson Coors, they don't go directly to your, your liquor store, or your restaurant, there's a middleman in between there and that that's us. So like I said, we don't bottle it or brew it, but, but we warehouse it from Miller light. They make it, they bring it to us or actually we, with our own, uh, fleet service, we, we go pick it up. We actually, uh, with our own trucks, we pick our own stuff up right from the brewery. We can get it uh, faster and quicker and on our schedule. Uh, and they like it that way too. We can go pick it up and then we bring it to our warehouse and then, then we sell it. Uh, obviously we have, we have sales reps that are visiting all these accounts and then we have delivery teams that are delivering it. But we're, we're in Southern Wisconsin, only in Wisconsin. So everything from Milwaukee up to La Crosse over to the river, and in our territory, we um, are the only ones that sell those brands. So if we're selling Coors Light or New Glarus or Schmirnoff or Absolute or Captain Morgan, we're the only distributor selling that in, in these territories, which sounds like a great deal, you know, and, and it is that that's a good thing. So you're not, you're not fighting with somebody else trying to sell that customer the same product, but we're obviously competing with the brands that we don't carry. We don't care. We're not Budweiser. We're not Bud Light. So when you see uh, uh, um, whether it's Quick Trip with uh, the the doors and the coolers, you know, there's only so much space. We would like the brands that we carry to take up as much as we can there. And if there's ten tap lines at your favorite bar or restaurant, and we love all ten, you know, or as many as we can that with our brands. So we're competing with with shelf space, uh, tap lines advertising, you know, the end cap at the grocery store, we're competing to have the, um, and some of it's above us, you know, the supplier is negotiating those deals with the brewers. So that Miller lights at, at AmFam field and the bucks, so Coors light and, and Miller are there. So some of that's negotiated above the, the supplier level, but, uh, for the most part, we're selling the brands we carry, we're the distributor and, uh, we're fighting with our competition on the brands that we don't carry. So that, uh, and hopefully we're doing a good job uh, for our customers that they, they, uh, they want to pick us and suppliers want to see, see us as a, a trusted partner of their brand. You mentioned several brands. What if there was, is, is there ever an opportunity for you to pick up a brand that somebody else is, has been distributing and who makes that decision? Is that sure. the, the supplier saying, you know what, we'd like it to be through a different distributor, sure. you know, uh, some vodka brand or right. something is does that switch and change or it does help? it no it it does and and that that can be negotiated between the supplier and their current distributor and there's there's some financial there's some dollars that are exchanged there you know i don't think that somebody doesn't lose a brand just out from under them for with, without any compensation but uh, there's also if uh if a current distributor is doing a, a poor job with those brands they can lose that brand. So, and we've, uh, you know, the other thing that can happen where, like I've mentioned, Frank has been a growing company over the last 20 years, like with any supply chain, I think the suppliers want, they'd rather have less people touching it, you know, less if, if they're going to cover Wisconsin with 30 distributors, well, it'd be easier if there were 10, 
you know, I, and those are just round numbers, uh, you know, just throwing that out there. So there's been an effort on some consolidation in our industry. And I've been fortunate enough to work for a company that wants to continue to grow. So we've uh, um, over the past few years acquired other distributors in our territories or near our territories. Sometimes our territory expands and stuff like that. So there's, there's that too. And when there's, when there's a acquisition, um, most brands are, are stay with, with the acquiring company, but it's not, it's not a, a given. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what differentiates Frank? Why, why Frank beverage group for, sure. you know, either a restaurant or for a, a product line, what has led to your success you know, right. beyond the acquisition, right? You don't grow to be the size and scale you are unless, unless right. you're good at something. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, we're a little bit different in the fact that uh, we carry all three of the, I guess, alcohol categories, uh, liquor, wine, and beer. A lot of distributors are, are just beer or, you know, they're just wine or they're wine and spirits, but not beer. Um, so that makes Frank a little bit different. And we have different sales teams for that. But uh, I think that that helps us as far as a company that uh, we're kind of a uh, one-stop shop type of uh partner for our customers. And I, I think, uh, again, I'm the, I'm the it guy, but they're good at building brands. You know, you got to credit our, our sales team, our management and owners and our brand managers. I think we're, we're a pretty big distributor right now, but in the 20 years that I've been there, we, they always haven't been, you know, and there's been, um, so we were the, the smaller guy and we did a good job building those brands for our suppliers. So hopefully the suppliers see us as a good partner and we try to have that little guy mentality. It's good customer service, right? You know, our, our sales reps are trying to do the right thing for their customers. Our delivery team is trying to uh, be a good partner when they drop it off. And we got merchandisers that put it away or build, uh, build displays. So you got to give credit to the delivery team, the sales people for, for, you know, why choose Frank, why pick our brands or why would a supplier pick our brands? Well, it's those people in the field that are making that happen and nurturing those brands. 25 years ago, I think is roughly the time frame when new Glarus came about. Everybody knows spotted cow around here. And uh, obviously it, it, it's a no brainer right now. And this is a little before my time, but Frank and other distributors help grow that brand. And there are other brands like that. Everybody wants to be the partner or be the supplier that has those brands. So I think Frank does a good job of brand building. You know, I've been there 20 years. Uh, You mentioned all the technology changes you've seen. What are, you know, what are some of the technologies you're excited about or that you've seen had a big impact uh, for you? And, you know, this is technology podcast a little bit. Right, right, right. A little bit about what, yeah. What are you excited about? What what changes have you gone through, and you know, what are the outcomes of that been? Yeah, absolutely. It, the technology growth is just overall, to speak generically, is uh, is 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 a it's positive and it's the challenge which keeps it interesting. The positive is, you know, just with the the mobile technology, you know everybody's got a device in their hands that's always on, you know, uh, our sales reps either have an iPad or a Microsoft surface that's on a data plan. 
And, uh, and that's, that's a, that's key for them. Not only can they send orders as they get them, but they can get uh, refreshed information, up-to-date inventories from us. They can, you know, their email is on there, you know, we're using, you know, SharePoint and OneDrive, you know, where they've got sales tools in their hands, um, wherever they are, you know, they can go out to those resources and get, maybe it's a, a sell sheet or or whatever they need to to help do their day i mean we ask our sales reps to do a thousand things i don't know how they complete it in the time that they're allotted you know and and some of it's our suppliers to you know their supplier apps that they're we're, we're tracking cases and stuff like that so and all that used to not be there you know what i mean you, you couldn't you couldn't ask it. And now that they've got this tool in their hand, they're getting asked to do, do a lot of things, capture these photos, send this information, do surveys, stuff like that. All of those things are necessary to help sell product. And those things are, those are cool. Those are positives. That's, uh, you know, technology working for you that it's, it's the change. That's where the growth has been. Um, you mentioned the warehouse, and we have uh, somebody on the staff, a warehouse technology manager that that's, you know, like that's his focus, you know, just the stuff that's in the software in the warehouse. We don't ask that person to support anything with sales, but, you know, if, a, you know, someone on my team, you know, it's, it's a team effort, but we have people focused just on warehouse uh, technology and the, the conveyors and the picking that goes on there. So the efficiencies is is what technology is trying to bring us. Um, that and the communication. I don't know if we were an early adopter, but somewhat I would say of Office three sixty five. Paul, <laughs> the I know that what sealed the deal was when we had the uh, uh, hard drives fail on an exchange box on a Christmas Eve. So nobody wants to go through that twice. So I was I thought that. Uh, you know, entrusting Microsoft with our email was seemed like a pretty good idea and all those tools that are <laughs> that are available to us on that. And that brings our company together. Like I said, we've got so many different roles, sales reps, warehouse, delivery, merchandisers, management in the office, ownership, HR, IT. We have a sign shop. All these people think that what makes us an interesting business is we're not a high-rise office where everybody sits behind a desk in a suit and tie. We've got all these different roles and we've got to bring them all together. And technology does that. I mean, it helped tremendously during COVID with teams being able to have meetings. You can't deliver remotely. You can't pick it remotely. So you got to be there, but you know, you had to keep some people at at home or remote and you got to have sales meetings. And uh, so we felt we were equipped with, with that stuff. There's, we have uh, customers can order from our website. That's not to take away from our sales reps in the, in the, in the field, but we want to, if a bar closes at 2 AM and they want to place their order at 2:30 in the morning, they're not going to call us or they could send our guy a text um, or a sales rep. But so we've rolled out uh, customers can order from us online. So the technology for communication and the selling tools, there's been a lot of growth there. So all, all, all great things, very interesting to learn uh, about the business. As our intention is with this podcast is to focus on outcomes and how organizations help to, to give back and uh, improve the communities that they live in. What are some things that Frank Beverage Group has done over the years to support the community? Sure. There's a number of things, Some, a couple of high-level uh, charities or 
fundraiser, that type of thing. Nationally are done with St. Jude. Frank really gets into that. And uh, lately, um, uh, Jimmy V, the Jimmy V Foundation with Corona. You know, like I said, those are some national things and you can pick and choose to, you know, how dedicated you get to something like that. But Frank Beverage Group uh, has really gotten into that. And they'll host events for charities like that, like the Jimmy V, where they'll, they're the ones, we're doing the advertising, we're providing the, the equipment, the product, throwing an event that raises money for those things every year. So those are a couple high level things that uh, just to name a couple that the Frank Beverage Group gets involved in. Uh, some of the more ongoing things are with all the, the Chamber of Commerce uh, groups out there, whether it's the community festivals, you know, in Middleton or Verona that uh, we provide signage for, equipment for, staffing for, you know, to, to bring it there, to tear it down. Sometimes, you know, it, it's all, it's a group effort, you know, on some of that, but we want to make sure that those communities and those events have a successful, successful outing and that they meet uh, uh, their charitable goals. And we're happy to be a part of that. So I know that they work with a lot of the Chamber of Commerce uh, groups to make sure that whatever it is they need to have a successful festival or an outing, or maybe it's a uh, something for, uh, I know like American family children's hospital, they, they do fundraisers. And if they, if they need a, a beer caddy for that, we're happy to, to provide that for them so that they have a good, so people will drink to celebrate or drown their sorrows or just, just pass the time. So it, it's a, it's a fun industry to be in and we're, we're happy to be a part of that, you know, however, however we can help. Well, and we're happy to be partnered with with you all. It's been a great partnership, and uh, you know we appreciate the business that you've put our way over the years, and uh, we hope to continue to do that for a long time coming. Uh, it's a great conversation. Thank you for joining us uh, and sharing us sharing a little bit more about what Frank Beverage Group does uh, in our community. Uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Well, cheers to that. Yeah, thank cheers you. To that. 